10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so very much for joining me once again. I want to let you guys know right off the bat that I am going to be getting back into a regular weekly schedule. You will find new episodes of the podcast right here by 8 o'clock in the evening every Friday, Eastern Time. And I need to do that. I feel like a lot of times people can drift away because they might show up looking for a new episode. There isn't one there. There isn't one there. There isn't one there. And they eventually stop looking and kind of lose interest. So I'm hoping that providing a, a more regular schedule will be more conducive to um, people being able to tune in and listen and find new content every time they do tune in every week. Um, I would ask, please, that you do continue your prayers for my buddy Claymore, friend of the show, friend of yours, friend of mine. Um, he continues to battle stage four renal cancer. Um, he has good days and bad days, as is to be expected. Um, he knew that going in, his family and friends, and I knew that going in. Um, we tried to support him and lift him up as much as possible when he's having those bad days and, you know, enjoy who he is on the good days. Um, but I know Clay pretty well. I know him to be a warrior. I know him to be determined. I know him to be absolutely cutthroat when he's trying to accomplish something in a very good way. Um, and I know that he is not going to stand for this, that I'm sorry, cancer, but your ass is going to get kicked and it's going to get kicked hard. Um, so please do keep uh, Clay in your best thoughts and prayers. I appreciate that very much. I also hope you guys have been listening to Ben Speaks. Um, I had told you about my buddy Chris uh, before I cut loose here before the election. And, and once everything started rolling with the election, I swear I just needed to step away and step back and figure out what I thought before I even began to talk to anybody else. I've I've chatted with some close friends about what's been happening on both the left and the right. And we've basically all come to the conclusion that this country is such a disaster right now that we just hope that that can be repaired. Um, the biggest problem that I've seen is, is that we're losing faith in our elections. We're losing faith in how we select our leaders. We're very fortunate in this country in that we were founded on the ideal that we the people are the ones that have the power. We the people are the ones that make the decisions. We the people are the ones who determine who is going to be in office and whether or not they're going to continue in office. A lot of countries aren't like that, um, where the power rests with the people. And I think sometimes we forget about that. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend Trina just a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence that when a government becomes destructive to the ends of the people and, and the means of the people, that Jefferson believed it was not only our right to throw off that government, but it was our responsibility to throw off that government. And she said to me, you know, this isn't 1786 anymore. You know, this is 2020. Things don't work the same way. And I love her to death, and, and she's really gotten involved in politics and really started paying attention to what's going on, and she's really 
vastly expanded her knowledge base, which is really cool because she hasn't always been interested in politics, and obviously I always have. And so we've got something else that we can talk about and something else that we have in common. She actually was the one that introduced me to Tucker Carlson. You know, I knew who he was. I had never watched his show. She started watching it on her own and, you know, kind of drew me in and we started watching him together and I realized that, wow, okay, you know, this is this is somebody I can get into. You know, not only is his knowledge and understanding of how the country works absolutely impeccable, but the guy's hysterical too. You know, if I can get information and be entertained, I mean, sign me up for that. Um, but I, I respectfully disagree with her position. You know, I think the founders wrote our founding documents the way they did and left them a little bit vague um, so that they could be adapted to our time. And in that case, in the Declaration of Independence, that's not something that was, was left super vague. I mean, it basically says when the government does, doesn't serve the people, the people have the responsibility to get rid of the government. Now, I, I'm certainly not advocating for an armed overthrow of the government of the United States. Um, that would be a real bad idea. And I enjoy my freedom. Um, but I think it is time that we start to take a look at who is actually in charge here. And I think we need to respectfully remind our leaders who is in charge here. You know, this is our country. This is not their country. We're not subservient to them. They are to execute our will, not the other way around. Um, and as you know, with our founders coming from a monarchy where basically their entire life was dictated to them, you know, you can understand what an incredible privilege that actually is. Um, it, like I said, I, I had a really hard time composing myself and composing my thoughts to discuss the election, and I did not in the immediate aftermath, want to do a show and disrespect you guys by telling you how I felt then. I have been able to calm down some in the meantime um, and start to kind of bring myself back together. And I feel like I'm in a position now where I can start to share some of that opinion. And it's, believe me, you think it's hard for you to believe it. I can't believe that I haven't been running my mouth here for the last three weeks and light of everything that's been going on. I don't know what to think, to be perfectly honest with you. When I look at the numbers of people that showed up to Trump rallies versus the number of people that showed up to Biden rallies, obviously to me, Trump enjoyed overwhelming support in many, many areas of the country. Joe Biden was a guy who, with John Bon Jovi performing, could only draw 12 people. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to listen to the COVID argument. I, I'm not going to listen to, oh, well, you know, Joe's being careful and he's being responsible and he's doing what a good leader should do and he's not hosting super spreader. No, no, sorry, no. Joe Biden couldn't draw 15 people if you two kiss and, you know, whoever else was playing at the same time. You know, we have a surprise appearance from Barack Obama, you know, it, he wouldn't draw the same number of people that Trump did. And the number of people that Trump does. I mean, if you look at the Million MAGA March in D.C., there were hundreds of thousands of people there. Hundreds of thousands. You don't see that for Biden. There is not the passionate support for Joe Biden that there is for Trump. 
And so many of us in 2016 voted for Donald Trump because he wasn't Hillary Clinton. That was the only reason. You know, I didn't expect much. I, I really didn't. But all I knew was that Hillary could not be the president of the United States or we were done. And so I voted for Trump. And over the course of his presidency, you know, we've seen peace come to the Middle East. The caliphate is gone. The Taliban has sworn off al-Qaeda. Trump's been nominated for three different Nobel Peace Prizes for agreements that he signed between states that hate Israel and Israel. The stock market hit over 200 record highs. And I know the Democrats like to tell you, well, that only benefits the wealthiest. No, it doesn't. Over half of the country owns stock. And all of those Americans benefited every time the stock market hit another one of those records. Every demographic in the United States during the course of the Trump presidency hit its low, lowest unemployment in the history of the country. Every single one, except for white males. And I've told you before, we only hit our lowest level since Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. I'm okay with that. Black Americans hit their highest rank on the prosperity list in the history of the country. Democrats tell you that Trump didn't do anything about COVID-19. Well, you know what? We have the fastest two vaccines created in the history of planet Earth. One's 90% effective. The other one's 94.5% effective. The flu vaccine in an average year is 30 to 50% effective. So these things are more than twice as effective as the flu vaccine. They were brought to market faster than any other vaccines in the history of the world. And that was thanks to Operation Warp Speed and President Trump working with these pharmaceutical companies to solve this problem as quickly as humanly possible. And that's what he's always done. Donald Trump is a problem solver. Donald Trump is not one of those people that you come to with a problem. He says, well, that sucks. If you come to Donald Trump with a problem, he's going to solve it. You got steel mills in Pittsburgh that are shut down. Guess what? They're fired back up now. You know, and to go along with that, we're a net exporter of oil. We're energy independent. I put gas in my car last night for $2.15 a gallon. Every part of this country is on the right track right now, including the virus. You know, I know that the numbers are spiking up. Guess what? It's a flu bug. It's flu season. Anybody that didn't see that coming is an idiot. The difference is, had we had a different president, we wouldn't have two vaccines right now. And generals already lined up, you know, ready to distribute it throughout the country. I mean, it's like, what else did they want the man to do? Name one sector of the country that's worse than it was when President Trump took office. Good luck. And that's why Trump now enjoys this massive support is because he deserves it. He's earned it. Anybody that's paying attention and doesn't just listen to the leftist propaganda that comes out of their nightly talk box understands that. Anybody that takes the media at face value, one, they're a freaking moron to start with. And two, they're completely misinformed. And it's not that they're uninformed. They're deliberately misinformed. I mean, how can you say getting the fastest two vaccines to market in world history is doing nothing about a virus? But that's what you hear from the nightly talk box. And I've told you guys before, you know, we live in an age where every piece of information on planet Earth is available to us in our pockets. 
You know, we just have to be responsible enough to look for it and to learn it and to understand what's actually going on, to walk into that, that polling place with intelligent reasons as to why you're voting for the people that you are. And I don't care if you vote for somebody else. I don't care if you vote for Joe Biden. I'd prefer you don't, but it's your right. And if you can articulately, you know, explain to me why you're doing that, then God bless you. You did your homework. You came to a different conclusion. Fine. But if you're uninformed or misinformed, I don't want to talk to you. I understand what's going on. Those of you that listen to the show understand what's going on, and you're not getting that from me. You listen to me because it's another voice, you know, that understands and hopefully can give you even a little bit more insight into the things that you already know. You guys are already informed. You take the time and you make the effort to do that, and you care. And I think that's the most important part. You care. So when I see all of this support for Trump and virtually none for Biden, at least optically, you know, I know what the polls say, you know, and okay, whatever. But optically, Trump has all the support. Biden has none. Then you start to look at some of the legal challenges that are going on right now. I don't know how familiar all of you guys are with Sidney Powell, but this lady, I think right now, is the greatest patriot in the country. She is the one who went up against the Obama DOJ and won Mike Flynn's case, General Flynn's case. You know, she is a pit bull. She is an attack dog. And when she takes on something, she's like Donald Trump. She sees it all the way through. Nothing is left undone. She said the other night, I actually heard on uh, Sean Hannity's show, that she's got hundreds, if not thousands, of sworn affidavits. She's got other evidence, you know, and she's putting her reputation on the line to expose the fraud in this election. Lynn Wood is part of that team as well. And Lynn Wood just won a huge case for Nicholas Sandman. You may remember he was the one that's falsely accused of getting in the face of the um, Native American gentleman in D.C. when, in fact, the exact opposite had happened, and the media slandered him, and he is getting paid on top of paid on top of paid. And he should. Um, but Lynn Wood being on that case, too. You know, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell are two of the most respected attorneys in the country. And if they're saying there's evidence, if they're saying they've got these affidavits, if they're alleging that Venezuelan and Chinese money is involved in this, I almost start to, to lean away from the idea that the preponderance of the evidence has to be proven. If they're bringing it, I truly believe it will be proven. On top of that, representatives from Dominion who obviously sold uh, to 30 states the voting equipment that was used and apparently is fraudulent, had, they had scheduled a, a meeting with Pennsylvania state legislatures, legislators, I should say, and they just canceled that meeting and hired a bunch of attorneys. So it's like, again, when you look at the optics of this, who's involved, the evidence that they claim to have, the fact that Dominion has now tucked its tail between its legs and hidden 
from Pennsylvania legislators. You know, is there proof? Not yet. Emphasis hard on the word yet. But I expect it to come. I really do. And I don't have time in this particular episode to get into what I think the ramifications of that could be. Maybe I'll do that next week, but my goodness, how colossal would that be? And I don't know if you guys have noticed, well, I'm sure you guys have noticed, my audience is among the most intelligent on planet Earth, and you still listen to me. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, But all of these whoopsie-poos around the country where all of these ballots are found and, you know, all of these, these things need to be rectified, they are always things that benefit Joe Biden. And I would like you guys to contact me. If you know any that have benefited Donald Trump, I want to hear about them. And it's funny because I think our media, you know, if it appeared as though Trump was cheating anywhere, our media would blast it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they should. You know, if there's the appearance that anybody's cheating, it should be out there all the time. Of course, they don't want to talk about it when it benefits Biden, even though we had 2,600 ballots from one county in Georgia the reddest county in the state, that whoopsie-poo, oh, we just found these, you know, we probably should have counted them before. 3,000 in another county, 449 in another county. We had 6,000 ballots that were not counted in Michigan. And once they were counted, they actually overturned a House election. The Democrat had won. When they counted all the ballots, the Republican won. Is there a case like that that has benefited a Republican? You know, where, oh, we didn't count all these Democrat votes. You know, we, shoot, they were in Mary's trunk and she forgot to get them out of the car. Are there any of those that benefit Trump anywhere? You know, it's like repeatedly all of these things benefit Joe Biden. Every single solitary one of them. And at some point you lose the right to say, whoopsie poo, we didn't know. Whoopsie poo, we just found these. At some point, it starts to look like a conspiracy, and we're awfully damned close to that point. And you say, Jace, well, oh, that's true, but, you know, it's, it's all circumstantial evidence. And it is, but take a look at the Lindbergh baby case when you get some time. Bruno Hauptmann was executed on a much less strong circumstantial case. Enough about that. Holidays. Holidays are coming up, of course, and we have all these mayors and governors, and I will not call them just liberals. You know, it's happening in some red states, too, like Maryland, where we have a rhino governor, where they're saying that, you know, it can only be you and your immediate family, the people that live in your house. They're the only ones that you can celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas with. Uh, Let me tell you something. I will celebrate, celebrate Christmas and Thanksgiving with whomever I want, wherever I want, and lock me up. Please lock me up for that. You know, this will be called the United States of Jason Fornwald if that happens. But is Thanksgiving a day to give thanks to our politicians for our blessings? You know, is that what it's? No, 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 no. That's right. We thank our creator for our blessings, and we celebrate the fact that We have what we have, and we are who we are as Americans. It's a holiday that involves faith on some level. And therefore, restricting it is a violation of the First Amendment. 
just like Governor Hogan here in Maryland coming out and saying churches can only worship at 50% capacity, religious institutions, mosques, synagogues, whatever. You can't do that. We're free to worship any way we want to. We can worship God. We can worship Jesus Christ. We can worship Muhammad. We can worship Smokey the Bear if we want to, and the government can't say a damn thing about it. And we've got to make that clear to them. Again, we're their masters, not the other way around. You know, and, and Christmas. You know, I, I was raised in a in a Christian home. I don't really consider myself to be a Christian anymore. I certainly do believe in Jesus Christ, but I don't consider myself to be a Christian. And we've secularized secularized Christmas in a lot of ways. Actually, probably in just about every way at this point. But it is still a religious holiday. It's a Christian holiday. You cannot restrict that, period. The Constitution doesn't leave it open to interpretation. And it, it's just so frustrating to me because I, I look at what the left is doing. And when you look at any coup, any government that's been forcibly overthrown, there are a couple of things that happen in the beginning. Statues get taken down, religions are crapped on, holidays and traditions are taken away, all the memories of the past are trashed. And that's what's happening here. You know, maybe I am an alarmist. I hope I am. I hope what I feel about what I see is completely misplaced. I truly do. I would love to come back and tell you guys, hey, I was totally wrong about that. The country's fine. Everything's great. We're prosperous. We're happy. We're peaceful. I would love to do that. Never have I wanted to be more wrong. I mean, that would be fantastic. But I don't see that happening. If we allow our governments to continue to push us down this road, they're not going to stop. You know, it's like an abusive relationship. Where they say, you know, what occurs is what you allow to occur. And please do not misunderstand. I am not criminalizing victims. I am not saying that victims are responsible for what happens. But in our own homes, you know, we expect to be treated the right way. And if we're not being treated that way, we speak up. We say something about, hey, no, no, don't talk to me like that. We need to do the same thing with our governments, both state and federal and municipal. They can't do this to us. Thanksgiving and Christmas belong to us, just like the government belongs to us. Do it safely. Protect yourself. If you have extenuating circumstances, if you have other illnesses or complications, go that extra mile to protect yourself. Be safe, please, and stay healthy. But don't let them take away everything that we care about. We're better than that. And I'm not one of those people who says COVID-19 is nothing to worry about. In the beginning, I said the infection rate would be lower than the flu and the death rate would be lower than the flu. The infection rate, I nailed that. The death rate, I was as far off as I could be. And that's the important number here. I was wrong. I blew it. I missed it big time. 
If you listen to me, I hope you're still alive. You know, and, and I have no problems about saying I'm wrong. You know, I, I'm not Michael Savage, who in the beginning of this said, oh, I'm an epidemiologist, and we need to panic, and everybody's got to wear masks, and you've got to stay indoors, and you've got to get as much toilet paper as you can, because we're going to go through hell. The whole country's going to be destroyed. Who now has come around to my position, finally, that we need to be safe, we need to be careful, but most importantly... We need to make absolutely sure that our rights are maintained. You know, I've always been on the constitutional rights train. Choo-choo, bitches. You know, and that's what matters. Preserving this country for the ones that will follow us, our kids, our grandkids, their kids. Our forefathers did it for us. Our foremothers did it for us. It is our responsibility to ensure that that continues. And one of those reasons is so that we don't disrespect their memory and disrespect their legacy and disrespect the things that were important to them. Protect yourself, please. Take every reasonable precaution. Like I said, if you have other conditions that complicate COVID for you, by all means, take extra steps and protect yourself. I want you to do that. Please do not ever misunderstand when I'm talking about COVID. I want you to protect yourself. You owe yourself that and the people that love you. But also be willing to step up and stand up for what's right. That's all I ask. You know, I, I live in the county of Maryland that has the highest rate of COVID infection right now. The highest. It hasn't changed my life. If I need gas, I stop and get gas. If I'm out and I want something to eat, I get something to eat. Thankfully, my girlfriend does most of the marketing in our house. She likes to do that. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so I don't have to do a lot of that, but it's not changing my life. The only differences are I wear a mask when I go out in public. I don't do that because any government tells me to. I do that because the stores I patronize ask me to wear a mask. Okay. You know, it's my choice to go into your store. And if I choose to go in there, I need to abide by your rules. But the moment the government tells me I have to wear a mask everywhere I go, including in my own house, and there was a state that did that. And for the life of me, I can't remember which one it was. But there was a governor that actually said, you have to wear a mask in your own home. Watch me do that. <laughs> Watch me do that. That'll never happen. It'll never happen that inside my walls, the government tells me what to do. You know, it, whatever it is, it's my life. It's my house. It's my sovereign property. It doesn't belong to them. It's mine. What happens in there is up to me. Well, I, I'm second in command, if not third in command. What happens in there is up to Trina. And then behind her, I think, is the dog. And then as long as I don't want to do something that disagrees with the two bitches in my house, Trina's word, not mine, um, as long as I don't disagree with the two of them, then I can do whatever I want to, and I will. 
and I, I kid. I, <laughs> it was funny because our first Christmas together, which was just three years ago, it was still a, a fairly new relationship. And um, our first Christmas together was about three months after we moved in together. And the gift that Trina gave me, the card on it, I opened it up. And it said, Merry Christmas with love from your bitches, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. And I still use it playfully. Um, but she's a great girl. I mean, she's she is far more than I deserve. And it's funny because I look at where I was just three short years ago. I had some issues that I needed to get taken care of. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had serious anger issues um, that I still fight with every day, but, you know, I have gotten to a point where I'm managing it much, much better than I used to and being far more productive than I used to. I was struggling back then to hold a job. You know, I, I lost a couple of jobs right at the beginning of our relationship. And if any other woman would have said, hey, you know, I mean, until you get your shit together, I can't do this. And I wouldn't have blamed her if she had done that. Not at all. And I've told her that many times since then. I actually, for a short period of time, she got rightfully frustrated. I actually lived at our union rescue mission for, uh, I guess, about four weeks, five weeks, somewhere in there. So here I was essentially homeless, jobless, just starting to deal with these anger issues that I had. I was in a really dark, really bad place. And in the course of these three years, I now have a job that I absolutely love. I am very well respected at work. I am much easier to get along with when I'm home. And I started taking online classes at Purdue University where my average over four classes is a 98.65, 4.0, 20 credit hours so far at Purdue, not East Paul Paul Technical Institute for basket weaving and whatever else, Purdue. You know, so this, this woman, I've done the work, and she tells me that when I thank her and give her credit. I've done the work, but she's been the foot in my ass that I needed. And the literal shoulder to cry on when I needed that. And I digress from everything else only to tell you that. Um, you guys don't necessarily understand the dynamic between us and how she and I can make fun of each other. And it's okay because we know it's it's done without any kind of hostility behind it. But, yeah, she's a she's an incredibly, incredibly special person. Um, like I said, though... Maryland, my my county in Maryland has the highest COVID rate of infection. And Trina and I will celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas the way we always do. Her son and his fiance will be here, and we're actually celebrating a week early. Tomorrow, as this is being recorded uh, Saturday, we'll be having our Thanksgiving. Her son and his fiance are already here. My dad will be over tomorrow afternoon, and I can't wait. You know, none of us have been stupid. We're not going out there and shouting at the top of our lungs, I don't have to do what government tells me. You know, we're not being idiots. We care about our rights and we'll stand up for our rights. And at the same time, we'll take the proper precautions to not only protect us, but to protect the people that we care about. But we're going to celebrate. You know, if you guys do, wonderful. If you don't, wonderful. Make the decision that's best for you but we're going to celebrate. 
I think that ultimately, if you remember nothing else from this show, remember that the power is granted to we the people. We're so unique in that aspect of our lives. It is not like that in so many other places in the world. The power rests with us. The government works for us. We're not their subjects. Obey the law, of course. And like I said, take extra precautions if you're at risk for complications from COVID. But live. Go live. And live without, without fear, like an American. It's what we do. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please enjoy your Thanksgiving. I look forward to having a show up for you the Friday after. Um, I look forward to hopefully hearing some of your stories about how you celebrated and what, if any, kind of extra precautions that you took. Um, But I hope this is a time of peace and of fellowship with the people that matter to you because that's what these upcoming holidays are all about. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would please check out the Treehouse of Liberty Times blog. Um, You will find a wonderful column that Clay just wrote here a couple of days ago that I think you'll find very interesting. Um, You can contact us there. You can also contact us on the Facebook page, which oddly enough is Treehouse of Liberty Podcast on Facebook. You can shoot us an email, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com, treehouseoflibertymedia at gmail.com, and on Twitter at treehouse1776, at treehouse1776. Thank you so very much for listening. Please do let me hear from you, especially if you don't agree with me. I will give you whatever time you want. You can have the whole show to just do a monologue if you want to. We can do a question and answer. We can examine uh, different topics from different points of view, whatever you want to do. This is not my show. This is our show. It belongs to you just as much as it belongs to me, and that's whether you agree with me or not. And some people would probably think you're in a pretty good place if you don't. But anyway, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. I have been, as always, your host, Jason Fornwalt. This is the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. We will talk to you soon. Take care.